So I'd like to spend the rest of our time uh, together just looking at this character in the Bible, King Zedekiah, who was the last of the kings of Judah. Um, the situation that the nation is in at this time is that they have turned away from God. Um, the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom, have long since disappeared. Uh, they rejected God, all their kings were evil, and eventually God judged them, and they were taken captive into Assyria by the Assyrians, and they are now no more. Uh, but the land of Judah, the southern kingdom, is heading in that same direction. Initially, they had trusted God, and they had a number of good kings who um, taught them to follow God and listen to what he said. Uh, but by now, they are increasingly worshipping idols, and they are rejecting God's. And God has been sending prophets to them, prophet after prophet, warning them, if you do not turn back to me, you will end up like the northern kingdom of Israel. And the last prophet God sends to them is Jeremiah, who, is, who wrote the book that we have been reading from. And he has a lot of dealings with King Zedekiah, the last king of Israel. Judah. And I've just got uh, three points to share about Zedekiah, uh, three lessons that we can learn from his life. And the first of them is that Zedekiah heard God's word, but he did not heed God's word. He heard God's word, but he didn't heed it. Look at chapter 37, verse 3. Uh, it says, Zedekiah the king sent Jehuchel, the son of Shelemiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Marseiah, the priest, to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Pray now to the Lord for us. Uh, if you look further on, in chapter 37, verse 17, it says, Then Zedekiah the king sent and took him out. That's Jeremiah. And the king asked him secretly in his house and said, Is there any word from the Lord? That's really interesting. On two occasions there, you see Zedekiah demonstrating that he is not an atheist. Zedekiah believes in God in the sense that he believes God exists. In verse 3, he asked for Jeremiah to pray for him. In verse 17, he goes to Jeremiah and asks him, is there a word from the Lord? And you think, well, this is great. Uh, this is surely a humble king, a humble king who wants to know what God has to say to him. Uh, surely Zedekiah is a humble seeker of God. He goes to church. Uh, he reads the Bible. Uh, he even asks for prayer. And you think, it looks great. Uh, surely Zedekiah is, as it were, a good Christian man. But unfortunately, all is not well on the inside of Zedekiah. Uh, you can see that in verse 2. It says, But neither he, that Zedekiah, nor his servants, nor the people of the land gave heed 
to the words of the Lord, which he spoke by the prophet Jeremiah. Zedekiah heard what the Lord had to say, but he didn't listen to it. Now, have you ever been like that? Um, Perhaps you've had, uh, you you have a spouse or children who are like that. Uh, They hear the words that you're saying, but it never somehow works itself out into action. Parents uh, always used to accuse me of this when it came to tidying my room. Uh, I would hear the instruction, but somehow the room would not get tidy. It's one thing to hear, it's another thing to heed. They are not the same thing. Uh, Jesus himself told a parable of two sons. Uh, Not the one you're thinking of, a different one. And he said there was one son who his father commanded him to do something, and he said, I will do it, but he never did. There was another son who said, I won't do it, but eventually he did. And Jesus asked, which one did his father's will? And of course it was the second. The one who initially refused but then did it, accomplished what his father desired more than the one who said, I will do it, but then didn't. Listening alone is not enough. Sometimes it's much easier to hear and much harder to act on what we hear. And that's the truth about King Zedekiah. Uh, The truth is he only wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. Uh, He had a kind of belief in God, but his trust in God only went so far that if God said things he liked then he would act on what he said. You can see this actually earlier in the book, uh, in chapter 32 of Jeremiah. As I said, there's a lot about King Zedekiah in this book. And in chapter 32 and verse 3, uh, Zedekiah reacts angrily to something that Jeremiah has told him from God. And in verse 3, it said, in chapter 32, verse 3, it says, Zedekiah, king of Judah, had shut Jeremiah up, saying, Why do you prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord? Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and ye shall take it. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape from the hand of Chaldeans. (laughs) Zedekiah says to Jeremiah, Why are you saying these things? Why are you saying such horrible things that the city of Jerusalem will fall, that I am going to be taken captive by the Babylonians? Of course, the answer was, Jeremiah said them because they were true, because that was what was going to happen. But Zedekiah didn't want truth. He wanted to be comforted. He wanted to feel good. He wanted to feel nice. He wanted Jeremiah to say nice things so that he didn't feel so anxious. But Jeremiah says, no, I've got to tell you the truth. There's no point saying peace when there is no peace. So that was the first uh, fault with Zedekiah. He heard God's word. He even sought God's word, but he didn't act on what he heard. Let's move on to the second thing. Now, the second thing we learn about Zedekiah is that although he had a crown, he had no courage. 
Zedekiah was the king of Judah, but he didn't have a courage to match. Um, as I say, Zedekiah was the king. He was the most important, or at least the most powerful person in the land. He had the greatest authority. Uh, in that sense, he was the strongest man in the land. The difficulty was he didn't have a courage to match his authority. Unfortunately, with power does not necessarily become, the, the courage does not necessarily come with power. Uh, perhaps you can think of world leaders, perhaps leaders even of this, our own country, who have had authority, who have had power, but they've lacked courage. Uh, in fact, when you read the story of Zedekiah, and if we had time, we could read uh, the whole story, but we don't. Perhaps you might like to when you get home. Um, but it's almost comical, if it wasn't so tragic, the life of Zedekiah, because he's about, he's about as firm as a jelly in a high wind. Um, he spends the whole story of his life basically fluctuating and changing his mind every other chapter, it seems. Uh, he's perhaps the most fickle king you can imagine. Uh, at the end of chapter 37, he puts Jeremiah into prison. He's had enough of the truth that Jeremiah is preaching. And so he throws him into the jail, which, when you think about it, makes absolutely no sense. How can throwing Jeremiah in a jail change the reality of what is going to happen? But nevertheless, he does it. But then, whilst he has put Jeremiah in the prison... Zedekiah secretly comes to Jeremiah and asks him if there is a word from the Lord. Can, can you see how sort of double-minded Zedekiah is? He throws Jeremiah into the prison, but then he secretly goes to see him to find out what God has to say. And he asks him if there is a word from the Lord. And Jeremiah tells him, yes, there is. And he gives him God's word, but he begs to be let out of the prison and the terrible conditions he is in and Zedekiah agrees he listens to Jeremiah and he releases him from the prison but then in chapter 38 the princes that's kind of the royal household around Zedekiah they come to Zedekiah and they say that Jeremiah should be put to death because they don't like what he's saying either and in chapter 38 verse 5 Zedekiah the so-called king of Judah gives the most pathetic response you can imagine. Uh, chapter 38, verse 5. Then Zedekiah the king said, Look, he is in your hands, for the king can do nothing against you. It's almost a contradiction in terms. The king can do nothing against you. Zedekiah weakly caves in to these princes. He's the king. Of course he can do something. But although he has the crown, he has no courage. And he sentences Jeremiah to be lowered and left in a muddy, disused well. Uh, fortunately, and again, I'd love to go into this story more, but there is no time. But uh, there is someone in the palace who has more courage than Zedekiah. He's not a prince. He's not a ruler. He is a eunuch. He is a servant an Ethiopian man called Ebedmelech, and he appeals to the king. 
and he says, you cannot leave Jeremiah in this well. And guess what? The king changes his mind yet again. But it's only when someone shows more courage than he possesses that he actually acts. He is a weak man who is blown by the wind. He has no principle. He has no backbone. He has no courage. He does not know what he believes. And he's swayed by all those around him. So that's the second lesson we learn from Zedekiah. He had a crown. He had immense power, but he had no courage to stand on what he believed. But then we come to the third lesson from King Zedekiah. We've had that he listens to God's word, or he heard God's word, but he didn't heed it. We've seen that he had a crown, but he had no courage. But thirdly, we see that Zedekiah feared God, but he didn't trust him. Zedekiah feared God, but didn't trust him. Uh, His fear of God is demonstrated by the fact that he keeps on going to Jeremiah to find out what's going to happen. He's afraid to ignore God entirely, and yet at the same time, he doesn't trust God. Uh, Zedekiah is a whole mess of anxieties and fears, and they are kind of buffeting him to and fro, and he doesn't know where to stand. You can see this in verse 14. Jeremiah warns the king uh, that he must heed what God has to say. But listen to what Zedekiah says in verse 14 uh, of uh, of chapter 38. Uh, It says, Then Zedekiah the king sent and had Jeremiah the prophet brought to him at the third entrance of the house of the Lord. And the king said to Jeremiah, I will ask you something. Hide nothing from me. But verse 15, Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, If I declare it to you, will you not surely put me to death? And if I give you advice, you will not listen to me. We see Jeremiah has Zedekiah sussed. Uh, Zedekiah comes to him and says, can you tell me essentially what's going to happen next? And Jeremiah says, if I tell you, you're going to put me to death. And even if I tell you, you're not going to listen to me. You haven't listened to me so far. Why should I think you're going to be listening to me from now on? But Zedekiah promises. Uh, He says to him, no, no, this time I will listen. Um, Just tell me what the Lord has to say. And in verse 17, uh, Jeremiah gives him God's word. This is chapter 38, verse 17. Jeremiah says, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, if you surely surrender to the king of Babylon's princes, then your soul shall live. This city shall not be burned with fire, and you, shall, and you and your house shall live. But if you do not surrender to the king of Babylon's princes, then this city shall be given into the hand of the Chaldeans. They shall burn it with fire, and you shall not escape from their hands. Do you see how God, through Jeremiah, gives Zedekiah this choice? He says, surrender. Give yourself up to the Babylonians who are hammering on your gate as we speak. Surrender to them, give yourself up, and you will live, you and your family. But if you try to fight, if you try to run away, then you'll die. Your city will be taken, and you will be killed yourself. You will be taken captive. 
That's the stark choice which is presented to Zedekiah. But you can see Zedekiah's wretched response in verse uh, 19 of chapter 38. It says, And Zedekiah the king said to Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Jews who have defected to the Chaldeans, lest they deliver me into their hand and they abuse me. Uh, by this point, the siege has been going on for some time and some Jews have been taken captive already. And Zedekiah is afraid that if he gets taken captive, he will be put into the prison or the uh, place where the um, captives are kept and his own people will abuse him. Uh, that shows kind of how popular King Zedekiah was. But he's afraid of the other captives, that if he is taken out of his safe palace and the protection of his guards, and he is put at the mercy of his own people, he's afraid what they will do to him. You see, Zedekiah is afraid. He's afraid of what his eyes can see. And what his eyes and his senses are telling him are stopping him listening to what God says, even though God has promised that if he surrenders, he will be kept safe. Again, Zedekiah is afraid, but he doesn't trust what God has to say. He's not willing to give himself into the hands of God. Now, trustfully, you can see uh, how this applies in our own lives. Uh, the truth of the matter is, we can so often be like King Zedekiah. Now, we have God's word. Uh, everyone here this morning or watching online, you're listening to God's word. You're hearing what God has to say. Most of you probably have Bibles of your own, which no doubt you read regularly. You can hear God's word, but do you heed it? Do you listen to what God has to say to you? Uh, perhaps you don't have great authority, perhaps you're not a, a great person in this land, but do you act on what you hear? Uh, do you have courage? Do the, you have the courage to act on what you read in God's words? Or are you like Zedekiah here? Uh, you know what God has to say, but the risks of obeying God seem too great. You, inside of you, you have many anxieties, you have many fears. You think, if I listen to what God has to say, then I might lose out on certain things which I'm not sure I can live without. Uh, perhaps you hear what God has to say, but you think, I can't possibly do that because it will put me into a dangerous situation. You see, we can be just like King Zedekiah. We may not have the Babylonian army knocking at our gates, but all of us have various fears. All of us have various anxieties which can prevent us obeying what God teaches us. Uh, Jesus himself warned about this. Uh, I don't know whether he had Zedekiah in mind when he said these words, but he could have done. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Uh, let me just look it up so I quote it exactly. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, at the end of the famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, 
I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Zedekiah is like that foolish man. Uh, Zedekiah is listening to his fears. He's listening to what his own ears are telling him uh, in terms of the Babylonian army beating on the door. Uh, He's seeing with his eyes the devastation that is coming his way. And he's listening to those things. He's building his life on those things and not on what God has promised. And Jesus warns, That's like building on sand. If you trust your own senses alone, then destruction is the end. But if you trust what God says, despite your fears, despite what your own heart is telling you, then Jesus says that's like building your life on a rock. And when those storms come, which they inevitably will in your life, you'll be founded on a rock. Sadly, that's not what Zedekiah did. Uh, He was given this choice, and he made his decision. And later that night, he tried to flee the city of Jerusalem. Uh, He found a secret uh, exit. Uh, He listened to his fears. He listened to his doubts. He rejected what God said. And he was captured by the king of Babylon. And the princes who Zedekiah had listened to, they are killed. Uh, Zedekiah's own children, his own sons, are killed in front of his eyes, and then Zedekiah himself is blinded. The last thing he saw was the death of his own sons, and then he's taken captive to Babylon. That's the tragic ending of King Zedekiah. As Jesus said, great was his fall because he listened to himself and he would not listen to God. Again, Christ himself put it this way. He said, whoever seeks to find his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. So often we make choices without truly listening to what Christ has to say to us. And we might, like Zedekiah, pay lip service to him. We might pray. We might go to church. We might read our Bibles. And yet, when push comes to shove, when the rubber hits the road, we ignore what Christ has to say. It boils down to who do we trust? Who do we fundamentally trust? Do we, like Zedekiah, trust the princes around us? Uh, Do we trust our own feelings and desires and fears? Or do we trust God? Do we trust Christ, what he has to say to us? Do we trust him enough to build our lives on him? Life is scary, isn't it? Um, Lots of things happen in life which make us afraid. Uh, It's normal to be afraid. But what God says to us is don't be afraid, 
trust me. We are all like that boy in that story I shared earlier, on that balcony, the balcony of life. And we are surrounded by things which are, can make us afraid and fearful. But we hear God's word. We hear Jesus' words. And although we can't see him, he says to us, I can see you. And that is all that matters. And of course, as we all know, Jesus demonstrated his love for us by coming into this world, into this world of fear and death and disaster. And he died for us on the cross. And that proves to us that we can trust him. We don't need to be afraid to put our lives in his hands, to, as he put it, lose our life in his, because he has more than demonstrated his love for us. You will not find a safer place than hiding in God's words. Zedekiah, unfortunately, discovered that too late. And that's the question for each of us. What are we trusting in? Are we trusting ourselves, or are we listening to what God has to say? And that's why I've chosen uh, as our final hymn, uh, a hymn which is a really a hymn of comfort to us as we face the fears and the dangers of life. Uh, this hymn encourages us to rest in Christ and what he says to us. Number 746, be still my soul, the Lord is on thy side, bear patiently the cross of grief, of grief or pain, leave to thy God to order and provide in every change he faithful will remain. So let's stand to sing 746 to close. <laughs>